the button. All right, I'm ready. <clears throat> Hello, and welcome to Leap of Faith podcast. My name is Lorraine Montgomery, and this is Jeremiah Campbell. Hey, everybody. Hey, Lorraine, how are you doing? Hey, Jeremiah, I am well, thank you. Your face froze on my screen, so I'm hoping. Oh, there you go. You're back, I think. My bit. face freezes all the time. I <laughs> well, hopefully our um, what do you call it, Wi-Fi or whatever is going to kick back in again. Yeah, yeah. I don't know it's if it's me or if it's you. It's probably me. Yeah. It's it's I it's been icy here, and so in San Antonio, so we've had internet troubles and all kinds of issues. Well, thank God you have electricity because I'm hearing that there's a lot of people without electricity. Yeah, supposedly like the ice is weighing down trees and limbs, you know, taking down power lines and stuff. But we're on the same grid as the hospital, I believe, because we didn't lose power last year when that big winter storm happened. Oh. So we're in a good spot. That is a good spot to be in. So, and I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping my flight doesn't get canceled on Sunday. I hope everything gets back on track. Uh, Rich was saying that things seem normal in San Antonio, like in comparison to the stuff going on out here in California. Oh, really? Like, we have mask mandates out here. Oh. We have to wear a mask if you're indoors. If you're like at a store. Now, I find it interesting and I hope I'm not offending anybody, but it's funny to go into a restaurant, you have to wear your mask. But as soon as you get ordered, you can yeah. take your mask off. What's the difference? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. No, there's no mask mandates. I will say that we wear our mask everywhere. Mm. We haven't caught it um, at all, which yeah. is kind of surprising our household. So um, we'd like to keep it that way. I, you know, or maybe we have and we didn't know. I mean, it could be that too, but yeah, we tend to wear it when we go into places, but when we eat, obviously we take it off, which again, I don't get if I'm wearing it in there. To take it off to eat, uh, whatever. I I know. I we I do what I'm supposed to do. I wear it out. I'm I'm respectful of other people. You know, when I've had my contractors coming in here, I tell them don't worry about it. I'm boosted. It's all good. I may have had it back in September when I had that hacky cough going on. Remember when we first started yeah, up yeah. and I couldn't get rid of it. Could have been it. I don't know. Everybody's like, did you get tested? I'm like, mm, no. I don't want to be a statistic. I'm sorry. No. So I didn't, and so I maybe, maybe didn't, I don't know, but I did get boosted. As far as I know, the only person that got it was Joshua back in November of 2020. And he says he doesn't want to go through that again. So, yeah. but yeah. apparently this new strain is not as bad. Uh, so who, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't think it's going away anytime soon. So I think we are just gonna have to learn to live with it. That's my own opinion but maybe it will go away. I hope to God it does. I really do. I, I, I pray every day for this uh, epidemic to, or pandemic or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, I pray for it to go away. I really do. So. Anyway. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I don't know. Uh, I'm not a doctor of any sort or anything. So whether it stays or goes, I just wanted people to be as healthy as they can be. We'll work through it. We'll get better at treating it. If it sticks I around, so. I hope so. I hope yeah. 
So anyway, so to the viewers out there or the listeners, uh, welcome to our podcast today. Uh, sorry we got off on our little rant like we always do. Um, <laughs> So we are episode uh, 19.1. So this is awesome. This is 19 weeks of doing our podcast. So congratulations to everybody out there who's who's dedicated and sticking to it. Um, And if you're new to listening, uh, welcome. Uh, You can always go back and listen to the old ones or watch us. Uh, Again, I was telling Jeremiah that I have now organized all the videos and they're ready to be uploaded to YouTube to add on to what's already there. So you can look forward to those videos. It, you know, I, I'm not much to look at, but you know, it's not about me. It's about the, <laughs> it's about the, old, the, the, I have a face for radio. I think is what, what I would tell people. I have a face. Exactly. <laughs> I have a face for radio. I hope I have a voice for radio. I mean, I would, you know, that was something I actually was interested in for a little while. So I think that would be fun to do a radio show. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. But anyway, uh, it's not about us. It's about uh, getting into the word and uh, listening to what God has to tell us. And, uh, you know, it's not like I said, it's not about us. So. Um, so, uh, yeah. So 19.1, we are now uh, Acts chapter two. And uh, this is all about uh, the Holy Spirit. Uh, I got to read half of it before we started. So I did get a little bit of underlying done. Uh, So I guess what we can do is go ahead and start out in prayer and, uh, and then we can dive right into it and then we'll go into the little things. So yeah. Well, let's pray. All right. Lord, heavenly father, uh, we come before you and praise you, uh, praise you for this wonderful day. Uh, the the chilly weather. I know uh, in Texas we're a little chilly, and most of the country we're a little bit cold. But you know, I think it helps us feel alive and and wake up and and get moving a little bit. Uh, get out of our cozy bed sometimes is difficult, but Lord, we we thank you for for this opportunity. Uh, Lord, I I thank you for uh, the chance to to meet with Lorraine Lorraine every week and and read your word. And read it with others as they join uh, join us on this uh, journey of reading a chapter a day. And I pray for everyone that's having a, a difficult week. I know there's a lot of things going on uh, in our little circles, Lord. And I pray for uh, strength. I pray for um, love and uh, recovery, Lord. And uh, I pray that uh, the people that we're in touch with uh, know that we are. Uh, with them, and we love them, and uh, we're walking with them in whatever situation they may be in, Lord. Mm. And most of all, we thank you for your son who died for our sins and allows us to communicate directly with you and to share with you and learn from you and grow with you, Lord, and uh, be able to read your word every day. And pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, take us where you want us to go. Let us meet the people you want us to meet. Let us say the words you want us to say and keep us out of your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, it's funny, you should talk, before we start, uh, you were saying, you know, the people are having difficult weeks and whatnot. And uh, full disclosure, my best friend's mom passed away on Saturday, which I was telling you about earlier. Um, And so I've been, you know, we're miles apart. She's there in San Antonio. I'm out here in 
in California. So it's been really hard to, to not be able to be there for her. But God is so good because every day I've opened up the Bible app, there has been a scripture and I posted it to my Instagram uh, account, which automatically uploads it to my Facebook account. And uh, it's been about comfort and, you know, blessed are the morning, uh, those who are in mourning that we read that back in Matthew uh, months mm -hmm. ago. Um, but they were like, and I haven't checked it today yet. So, but today is what Fridays, but it's been like the last three or four days. So I've been downloading the image and then I forward it to her and the two of us are like, Oh my goodness, how good our God is that he's sending these messages to us and reminding us that he is there and he is present and he is our, um, ultimate comforter in, in all of this. So it's been a blessing to watch uh, how God has uh, unfolded. And she is so, she's really sad. She's really grief stricken. But at the same time, she knows that God is her comforter. Mm -hmm. And uh, and she relies on him. She, you know, throughout the whole process, uh, the only thing she kept saying was, you know, God's will be done. God's will be done. Whatever, you know, either he's going to heal her or take her home. It's going to be one or the other. <clears throat> and so it was just time for her to go home. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're all sad about it. But uh, anyway, it's, I just wanted everybody to know that, that, that God is out there and you just have to kind of watch where he's going to appear for you. You know, just keep your senses uh, kind of on target to, to know that he's he's going to send you a message somehow, even if it's through the right. Bible app. Uh, right. You know, he's going to he is going to be there present for you. So um just, you know, and that's, I think, part of reading in his word. The more you read in his word, the more attuned you are to him and to what his plans are and how he's going to communicate with you. So, um, sorry, didn't mean to go on a, a, a preachy thing there. Sorry, I just. No, that's a great reminder. That's a great reminder. Well, you know, he he reminds me every day. Uh, and it's just a matter of opening up that I get the little uh, uh notification that I, you know, that there's a new Bible verse for the day and the reminder to pray for the day, which I don't need to be reminded. I do that. <laughs> I do my praying in the car with Gabriel on the way to school. People might think that that's not respectful. You know, you're supposed to be on your face and, you know, on your knees, but uh, I'm just trying to multitask. <laughs> and I think God appreciates that. I, I hope, you know, maybe I can get up 15 minutes earlier, but I don't think I can get my teenager up 15 minutes earlier. <laughs> so. All right, let's dive in. So we are 19.1 and this is Acts chapter two. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit comes. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of tongues or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. 
These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Rigia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. <clears throat> and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them saying, they're just drunk, that's all. Peter preaches to the crowd. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of, of the Lord arrives. Oh, before that great day, a great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The people of Israel listened. God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. King David said this about him. I see the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope, for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. Dear brothers, think about this. You can be sure that the patriarch David wasn't referring to himself, for he died and was buried and his tomb is still among us. But he was a prophet and he knew God had promised with an oath that one of David's own descendants would sit on his throne. David was looking into the future and speaking of the Messiah's resurrection. He was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot in the grave. God raised Jesus from the dead and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. For David himself never ascended into heaven, yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, 
sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive this gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. The believers form a community. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. All right. That was a lot. There, Yeah, that was a long chapter. It was very long. and. Um, I'm blessed for Monday. Uh, it's going to be a little shorter <laughs> while I'm in my travels. <laughs> so, um, so do you want to start or? Um, sure. I just, um, I always saw pictures of the apostles on, on Pentecost and, and, and for years, like the, on the flames uh, on their head. And it just, it there's a lot of paintings and stuff and it just it for whatever reason i was probably you know you know way in my teenage years almost 20 probably so i kind of realized the significance of that and really understood what kind of what was going on in, in acts there and um and i guess it's just it's a memory as a kid just thinking that's so weird that they had flames on their heads yeah, <laughs> I know that just yeah. memory kind of sticks out to me. Yes, yeah, that's <laughs> that is too funny. So I okay, so this is kind of interesting. I got to say this out loud. So the first verse I I underlined was suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. So a couple of days ago I was sitting downstairs talking to Sharon, and we were doing our Bible study, and I was like this like this roaring num sound came from outside and I was like what the heck is that like a rumbling was going on and I'm going okay that's where it, it it even made my dog Loki bark like he he knew something was like not right and then like maybe 10 minutes later it happened again and I'm like now the guy across the street's been doing construction on his house so I'm like 
Okay, was that him? Well, then, what was it, Wednesday night, I was at a basketball game, and I just happened to be looking through my phone. And I said to Sharon, I said, oh, I hope I'm not living through an earthquake right now. There was a 2.5 earthquake. Wow. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just lived through my first earthquake. Hmm. It was so weird. So anyway, so when I read this, I'm like, that's what I'm imagining, that same noise. Is what happened to the apostles. <laughs> anyway, all right. So, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like the flames of tongues or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them. Obviously, they didn't get burned, you know, right. because it was the Holy Spirit. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. I underline that whole thing. Yes. Yeah, it, it's so interesting how all of a sudden they could speak in other languages. And I know other translations say in other tongues or whatever, but I mean, it, it means that they were talking um, in different kinds of, of, of languages. And I just, that's so amazing. Yeah. So amazing. Well, and the thing, this is what, you know, okay, so the church that is affiliated with my son's school, uh, you okay there? Yeah. He knows we're live. You know we're live, right? (laughs) Yes, yes. Sorry. My dog was uh, wanting out of the room. If anything, we are real. I mean, we are, (laughs) we are. So I said that the other day when I was was talking. Anyway, that was another story. All right. So, um, so his school, the, 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 the church that's affiliated with it for a little while back, maybe, maybe over past the summertime last year kids were talking about how things were changing in the church and that, you know, they were, it sounded more like a revival kind of thing going or like a Pentecostal thing going on. I don't know much about that. I'm not going to claim that I do know about anything about the Pentecostal churches. I I know, you know, that they are very evangelical, uh, but I, I don't know much about it. So anyway, this church was talking about how people were speaking in tongues and that everybody was, you know, and I'm thinking, okay, I, I don't know anything about that. What I think I know about it is that if somebody has the gift of speaking in tongues, there has to be somebody who has the gift to interpret it in order for it to work. Because if somebody's speaking in tongues, nobody knows what they're saying. So I'm not sure how that works. So I'm not saying that it's not real because if it's born of the Holy Spirit, then it's, it should be real. I just don't understand it. I've never heard it. Um, have you experienced that? Um, not the proper way. Okay. Not with someone interpreting it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you've heard the same thing, right? There has to be somebody there to interpret it, right? Right. I, I think it's in, uh, I think Paul writes about that where, and we'll get to it. Um, but that, yes, there, if it's in a public setting and it's drawing attention, then yes, there there should be someone that's able to interpret what's kind of going on. Um, yeah. I know that there are people that have prayer languages and, you know, when they're in their prayer closet or they're just with themselves, they say that they, they, they're able to pray different ways. Um, so there's that as well. 
but yeah, definitely in a public space, there should be some kind of interpretation. I would think so, you know, so, and to me, <clears throat> what, what, what was happening here, you know, that all these people from different parts of that part of the country or the world, their own native language, it wasn't like a speaking in tongues, like what, I, let me take that back. I have heard, I think somebody at the, the, the church that I was going to in Florida uh, was an Episcopal church, but it was an evangelical Episcopal church. And so not the main priest, but the, and he wasn't a deacon. I think he was a priest, but he was like speaking in tongues during one of the services. And it sounded like a bunch of mumbo jumbo to me, just a bunch of, you know, like jumbled up sounds. It didn't make any, it was not intelligible. It was just, it was just not right. And so it was, it kind of threw me off a little bit. I uh, wasn't sure what was going on there, uh, but there was nobody there, again, to interpret it. So I don't know. It, was it real? Was it not real? I don't know. You know, it wasn't real for me, so I don't know. And I think it's it's interesting. We kind of come from the same background. We were, right, Catholic. Yeah. And it's very, uh, that kind of church service is very quiet and you don't speak out of turn. And so even just coming to a, a Protestant church, uh, making that change was different for me. So, yeah, experiencing something like that was very, very, very different for me as well. And it was, I didn't know how to take it at the time. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you have to be careful uh, when, you know, and I'm saying this out there to everybody, you know, uh, not politically correct, but I mean, you just have to be respectful uh, of what possibly could be somebody who does speak in tongues. We don't, you know, I'm not going to claim one way or the other uh, of what, you know, but what I, I, what I think is what it seems to me in this particular chapter is that, you know, these, okay, so if you actually kind of break it down, it says there were devout Jews, which I underlined, from every nation living in Jerusalem. So they were coming in from everywhere. Mm -hmm. And they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. Mm -hmm. So God was giving them, it to me, it was like the opposite of what happened at uh, Babylon. The, right, right. The tower is the opposite, where he broke everybody up into different languages because they were being so haughty. Uh, and proud about building this tower. So he's like, okay, we're going to break everybody up and nobody's going to understand anybody. But here God is bringing everybody back together again and allowing these believers to speak to them, at, you know, like we are, but everybody's able to interpret what they're saying. Mm -hmm. So that I think is what it's supposed to be. I don't think yeah. it's supposed to be a mystery language. Not in this sense here. And I think one thing that, you know, just comes to my mind is when, we're in any kind of situation is whatever's happening. Is it pre bringing glory to God? That's right. Right. That's the bottom line. And here it is, obviously, because they're they're speaking about Jesus. And it is it's edifying. It's it's sharing the word. And so it's a it's uh, absolutely 100 percent. The the miracle of them being able to communicate with everybody there. Yeah. For the specific reason of saying, hey, we know who the Messiah is. We've witnessed it. Some of you witnessed it. And this is what's going on. 
Right. And, and it even says to that, it says uh, in uh, verse 11, it says, and we all hear the people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. Mm-hmm. So, it's you know, and they stood there amazed and perplexed. You know, that's, they weren't, they weren't like, uh, they weren't setting themselves up on a pedestal. They were setting God up on a pedestal. Right. So, you know, and then, you know, obviously Peter steps forward uh, and this is what I was talking about in the previous chapter where Jesus, I think, was passing the baton on to Peter Mm -hmm. uh, is what it sounded like to me. And I I said that to everybody, anybody out there who might know something different, you know, feel free to comment. But and what I know, what I think I know from the Catholic Church is that Peter was the founder of the church. Right. Isn't that correct? So. So here's Peter stepping up. He's like, no, we're not drunk. It's too early to be drunk. Uh, It's only nine o'clock in the morning. And then they start to go through the, you know, the prophecies of Joel. And uh, in those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. Um, You know, this is where I find it uh, accepting of men and women being able to go out there and do Bible studies. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're preaching God's word and you're lifting him up and giving him the glory, I don't think God cares who's saying it. Right. You know, it doesn't matter, you know, out of the mouths of babes, right? When, mm-hmm. you know, I think God doesn't care who's out there saying, you know, as long as you're lifting him up, that's what this is about. Exactly. And then, of course, there's the famous verse, but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I, I put a little circle around that. Yep. And I dog-eared my Bible with verse 21 on there just so I know where it's at. Well, what I love about this, too, is that in the first public speaking for Peter, he goes straight to the Scripture. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's just that's a great example. Like, let's talk about what's already been written. This is what we have, and this is what's happening. So uh, yeah. just a great example of you know, multiple times going back to what their scripture says, our scripture says. Well, and you got to go back to his background. He was a fisherman, right? Right. He was not a rabbi. He was not, you know, he was, he, everything he learned was from Jesus. And, and of course, probably learning and reading on his own, I'm assuming, I don't know, but you got to go back to his background. So the fact that he's pulling scripture out from what he learned, you know, he was not traditionally trained as a rabbi. Right. So, you know, you got to take that into account. Here he is stepping That's up. True. That's and true. he's saying, people of Israel, this is, I love this. People of Israel, listen, God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. I mean, he's calling out those Pharisees again, right? Yep. You know, he's calling people out. He's calling the Jews out saying, you know what? You're the ones that killed him. I, I love that. He didn't beat around the bush. He's like no. getting straight to the point. And then he talks about Jesus being released from the horrors of death and being raised back to life. Um, and then I put a little parenthesis in 27. For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your holy one to rot in the grave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? And I did then, too. Did you get anything else up to that? 
Uh, no, those are the exact same things that, that I highlighted as well. Yeah. And then uh, I went down into 31. Did you have anything before 31? Uh, no, I highlighted next highlight with 31 too. <laughs> See, we're on the same page. That's amazing. I know. This, okay, anybody who's listening or watching, this is not prearranged. I, I don't want anybody thinking like, I get the same thing with Sharon. I mean, and my husband was sitting listening to us the other night. I mean, we do the same thing. We're like going through it and it's like, we even, I'll tell you a story. I don't, I can't remember what the verse was, uh, but we try to get a takeaway after we're done reading. We had the exact, the exact same takeaway. I mean, it was like, okay, God, we hear you loud and clear. I mean, yeah. and it's in my other Bible that I, I use, but anyway, so this is not prearranged for anybody who's listening no. or watching. I just want to be, you know, disclosing that. So 31, David was looking into the future and speaking of the Messiah's resurrection. He was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot in the grave. I think that's amazing. Yeah. Right? I mean, this is all prophesized. Yeah, and, you know, David is not talking about himself. And I think Peter goes on to, to say that, that he's obviously talking about the Messiah. Yeah. Yeah. For David himself never ascended into heaven, yet he said, the Lord said, did you get that one, 35? The Lord said to my Lord, sit in the place of honor at my right hand, and I humble your enemies and making them a footstool under your feet. I put a little parentheses around that. Yeah. And then I went into 36. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified to be both the Lord and Messiah. He pulls it out again. Yeah. Right? Exactly. I, I'm sorry. I just had a little circle around that. Sometimes I'm I'm like just trying to circle things just to give me something to go back to. And then I jumped down into 38. Did you have anything else? No. I, I, I mean, I circled Jesus as Lord and Messiah and then highlighted in 38, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. But I love... I love the word repent. Yeah. Right. That's that's important. It's not just about forgiveness, but repent includes the changing of the action. Yeah. That was sinning. And so, yeah. you know, I think that's a I, I I circle repent because that's always something that really gets me is you can say you're sorry or ask for forgiveness, but are you changing that action? Well, it's not just the action, it's the heart. Yeah. It's, it's a change of heart, too. And I don't know if I can find it. Uh, it's in Ezekiel. We'll talk, uh, I think it's Ezekiel 39. 30, no, 36.9. I pray this. Uh, I pray this over several people that I know. I don't want to name names. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I got this. Actually, I got this from uh, A Case for Christ. Uh, the story of Lee Strobel. Have you ever seen that? Yes. It's a yes. book. It's a book. And then there was a movie, a Christian movie called A Case for Christ. Anyway, his wife prayed this over him uh, after she got saved. She got saved first. And then he was trying to prove that the Bible was not true. And the more he read it, the more that he got saved because he realized you can't prove that this is wrong. So anyway, uh, so this was the verse that she prayed, uh, 36, 26. And I will give you a new heart. And I will put a new spirit in you. 
I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. It's, a, it's about a change of heart. Right. And that's what repent is. So, and I think uh, Chris Emmett, when he was preaching, he said the same thing. And I'm sure Robert did too. But he said the same thing that you have to you have to repent and and change your heart and the action and be sorry that you did it. Yeah. So, sorry, I just went on a little. I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> sorry about that, guys. Uh, what else did you have next? And then the the last part of that verse, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Again, reading through the Gospels, it's kind of hard to remember that the disciples didn't have the Holy Spirit. Nobody had the Holy Spirit prior to that, you know, That's necessarily. Right. So um, thinking about how you would do things differently in Jesus' presence, like we have the benefit of the Holy Spirit. So it's it's different. It same is thing different. With, same thing, I think, with Adam and Eve. Right. They were in the presence of God, but, you know, oh, I wouldn't have done this or that in the garden. But we didn't have what we have. That's right. Yeah. Well, and the Holy Spirit had to come. Jesus had to leave in order for the Holy Spirit to come. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's like your I, I was saying this yesterday for lack of a better description, but it's like, you know, the, the little angel and the little devil, you know, good cop, bad cop. You know, you have to, you want to listen to the good Holy Spirit whispering in your ear, even though you've got the enemy on this side, continually trying to beat you down. Um, so, uh, you know, it's it's a matter of, uh, you know, just, just being aware and listening to that Holy Spirit, you know. Uh, but God, Jesus had to leave, you know, in order yeah. for this to, to, to happen. And then I underlined uh, the very last line of 40, save yourselves from this crooked generation. <laughs> did you underline did. that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He's calling out those guys again. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, he's, I, it's like, you know, he's calling it out. I, and I find yeah. that, I love that brutal honesty that he's, you know, and obviously 3,000 people were saved. Yeah, because of his brutal honesty, you know, they realized, you know, what was what was happening there. So um, and then going into that last segment, um, I underlined 42. Did you get that? Um, I didn't highlight anything in that particular verse. So I did all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. And then uh, down into 44, all the all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. Mm -hmm. um, I underline more, but I'm going to stop there for a second, because what I was reading here was the beginning of church. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you look at that um, order, many of the uh, Christian churches that are out there follow that uh you know, we do praise and I, this is what Community Bible Church did. Uh, we did praise and worship. And then there was uh, the preaching. And once a month, we did the Lord's Supper, right? Mm -hmm. Wasn't that the way we did it? Right. Um, but he also was very uh, pro uh, small group. 
you know, Robert would, was always promoting small groups because yeah. we got to be so big that you still needed a small fellowship and a small group of people uh, to be your, you know, your, your peeps basically. Right. So, uh, so that's, I think that's what he's saying here. It's like, okay, we've got large group, uh, but then, you know, but they were meeting, there it is. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. I mean, that's that's the epitome of every Bible teaching church, as far as I know. Yeah. So and there's nothing wrong. We're not bashing anybody else's churches by all means. You know, if you're getting fed at whatever church you're at then, you know, praise God, you know? Right. So, yeah, I, I think it's, it's more about making sure that you have that. Well, and Jesus showed it too. You know, he had, he preached to everybody, but he had his inner circle. He had his 12, right. And then it talks about, you know, the ones that he loved, he had like another two or three that were in the inner, inner circle. And so it was just, you know, community, and how it shapes and how we build each other up. And then, you know, we do need those people that are closer and closer to us. That's right. That's absolutely a hundred percent. And, and, uh, you know, you and I, we were just talking about this. We both come from a Catholic background. It's the same, uh, format, you know, they're just in a different way. And some of the churches have become a little bit more, uh, progressive, uh, you know, with a little bit more modern music or, you know, I know I know they've changed some of the prayers. Like when I went back with my mom, they changed a couple of prayers. And I was like, I didn't know what they were saying because I was I memorized them, you know, back right. in elementary <laughs> school. So when I, they didn't change the Lord's Prayer. So that's, you know, that's a done deal. I don't think you can change that. <laughs> <laughs> but they do the same thing. You know, they they did. They they had a, what they I guess they kind of considered a, a praising of God period, you know, and then they did, I think they would, you know, you kneel, you stand, you sit, you kneel, you stand, you sit, I don't know. And then you do, you know, the peace offering to your, your person next to you. And then I think communion came along, but somewhere in there, there was still some music going on. So it's still the same uh, format, so to speak, you know, and, and Peter started this, you know, this is the beginning of what we all know as the the church. So um, this was a big chunk. Uh, it was, and it's long. I, I I'm sorry, we kind of got sidetracked on a couple of rabbit holes, but ah, really good stuff. Uh, I'm gonna flash this up real quick for anybody who, if you haven't gotten your Bible yet, this is the one that we've been using, New Living Translation, the Daily Bible, and we do one chapter a day, uh, mm-hmm. five days a week. Uh, for anybody, I'm just doing that shameless plug that we need to just kind of tell us. Yeah, you need to share with other people. Leap of Faith podcast. <laughs> exactly. So, so before we do the, uh, it's the little things. Let's uh, give everybody out there who might be listening who has not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, because that's what we're talking about here. It's uh, repenting from our sins and accepting them into our hearts and verbally saying it out loud. So we're going to say the prayer, and if it's uh, if you're a believer, if you want to reaffirm your your faith in Christ, this is your moment. So uh, let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, Holy God, uh, today I put my trust in you. I am not perfect and know I have sinned against you. Please forgive me. I thank you for the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. It's his perfect and spotless blood that covers all of my sins, past, present, and future. On this day, I accept him as my Lord and Savior and will love my life for him. Thank you for my salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So if you said that for the first time, uh, congratulations. Uh, write it in your Bible. I keep forgetting to tell everybody to do that. Put the date in, whatever day it is that you're uh, listening to this. Um, we are, I don't even know what today is, February 4th, 2022. So if today is the day, mark it in your Bible. Congratulations, go celebrate. We encourage everybody every day to get to a church, uh, get involved and um, start serving the Lord basically uh, in whatever capacity that you can, right? 100% and welcome. Yeah, welcome into the into our family. I mean, we're all brothers and sisters at this point. So yeah. <sighs> so you want to start with the the little things? The little things. So let's have a conversation about technology and life. Um, it just comes up sometimes, you know, uh, whether technology is is it's obviously helpful, but how helpful is it? Is it a distraction? And just the conversation of would you, Lorraine, for example, would you choose to live in a time there wasn't all this technology? Would it be easier? Um, you know what? I kind of go back and forth on it. Um, and, you know, I had a fleeting, a fleeting thought a minute ago and it went away. So I can't if I remember it, I'll let you know. But um, I think I would go back to a more simpler time. Um, I don't know if that's an age thing. And I love technology. You know that. I know that. You and I have had conversations about this, uh, endless conversations. Um, but the older I get, I think I would rather it be, I don't use my phone as much as other people in my family. So, you know, like if I forget my phone, uh, I don't, like freak out about it. I, the only thing I get worried about is that I can't uh, in case of an emergency. Sure, sure. But I don't need to check the news. I don't need, I don't even have, I don't have a, um, a notification for my Gmail account. I, I no, I don't even, I look at it periodically, but I don't get a notification <laughs> that I get because e I don't want to be bothered with my emails. Yeah. Now I get notifications for texts. Uh-huh. But I don't um yeah, and if it was I, you know, uh texting. If it goes more than 3 texts, call me. Because I don't want to do texting. I really don't <laughs> hate it. And I don't like the word hate, but I really hate texting. <laughs> oh, oh, see and I'm the opposite. Like I don't want to live like the amount of information that's available to me. Uh, I just can't like I don't want to go back I don't want to yeah. be in a simpler time I like it I wish we had more yeah and it's just it's just weird and like I don't have to like I don't have a need to I, I, I don't even check the news on my phone but I mean just to know that if I need something I can look it up and just gather any kind of knowledge and not have to think about 
what the answer was to this question or how do I figure this out or that out, having to go into a process of learning from others or books or things like that. It's just the fact that I can pull it up right now. I think that's the biggest thing I love is I can find anything that I want to know. <laughs> well, and I think that that's a generation thing, like the instant gratification like I can get it right now and not think about it. Oh, I know what it was banking. That's what I was thinking about. That's oh yeah. I'd put a pin in it for until we were talking yeah. about it. So, so I am so old school that I still I do write checks, not all checks, but I do still write checks. I still have a checking account, and I do uh, haven't balanced it recently because I know what money's going in and out for the most part. Uh, I got a little bit wax on it, but um, I tried to teach my kids how to manage their money, especially the older one when he was first starting out. And I tried to show him how to balance his checkbook out. And I watched the way money flies out of his account, you know, and that freaks me out because it's not, there's no accountability. And I think that that's the way that they set it up. And so people now some people are smart enough to not allow that to happen. I get that. But there are some people who are not as disciplined. Right. So, you know, you, I think that they're kind of preying on the people that are not disciplined. Mm -hmm. I think they're preying upon people uh, to uh, there's a lot of brainwashing going on. You know that. I mean, I think there is. I think that they are they're hurting people for the slaughter. I really do. I think that they are hurting people in and they're they're I, I, I and it's not a conspiracy theory. I'm just sitting there watching this. It's uh, it, to me it's very real. It's it's interesting because um I haven't always been the best with money, but I do I guess when I hold cash it's different than having a card. I do know that, right? I don't want to spend my cash, but I'll whip out my card. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny because this week, actually, I just signed up for uh, a free trial of the service to budget. Like it's it's a digitalized envelope system. Yeah, I've seen right? that. Right. So um, I don't quite know how it works yet. I'm still trying to figure it out. But it's it's just um, I think it's a maturity type thing, really. Um, because now I will say in recent years, uh, how I spend money has been more on my brain than when I was younger. Right. And so, um, maybe the, the, the technology or the ease of it has a, maybe slowed down the maturity. I think in me, that could be that I was so reliant on. I can instantly see what's in my checkbook, right? By just pulling up my phone and not balancing it mm -hmm. uh, the right way. So when I was younger, it would be, even before I had it on my phone, go online and check. I never balanced a checkbook. I'm I'm old enough to know that there was a time we would have to balance a checkbook, but I wouldn't just go online and look, right? I wouldn't even balance it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I... Trust me, I balanced our checkbook to the penny every month, to the penny. 
Uh, I never did that. <laughs> and I did it, you know, Rich showed me when we first got married, he turned it over to me. And so I was in, uh, you know, I was the one balancing and we only had, you know, we had at that time, two checking accounts and two savings accounts. That's it. <laughs> because we didn't have any money. <laughs> so it was pretty easy to, to balance the checkbooks that way. Um, but, and then I transitioned into paying a lot of our bills with credit cards because I was getting points right. for travel, excuse me. And so we were doing a lot of traveling at that point to go see his parents in Hawaii or my family. So I was trying to get the points for that. For good or for bad, uh, we became very reliant upon that. So, uh, but I still balanced and I still paid, you know, checks out. Uh, I think then they had like web bill pay, you know, where you can mm -hmm. automatically like set up these automatic payments out of your checking account. I right. still do that. Um, but I always made sure that all the bills were paid first before we would start spending. So, you know, that was, a, like you said, accountability, but I don't know. I feel like, uh, I just feel things were so much more simpler back then. Uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I do like being able to just like whip my phone out and like, you know, if we're having a conversation and we're like, Oh, let's look that up. You know, and yeah. it's kind of nice to be able to do that. Well, and I don't, Sometimes I don't trust people and what they say. So like, I have to go and like verify it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not true. So I'm very big on that. And so oh my gosh. when people tell me things, if it's not right, then I will go back and look it up later on to verify whether I'm right or wrong. That's so funny. That's so funny. Yeah. You my, know, then I'll tell my wife, I was right. You know, uh, we've had those conversations here as well, you know, and we've, we've done the same thing. It's like, no, look it up, you know, or, you know, yeah. we were talking, oh, Gabriel and I were talking about, uh, okay, so uh, going back to our Bible study, when I was reading about how uh, when Jesus died on the cross, he was fulfilling prophecy, you know, where the Romans were uh, casting lots and they didn't break his bones. That was all prophesied in, in Psalms. And so I was talking to Gabriel about it and he's like, well, anybody could have just written those scriptures, you know, to make it work for what they read. And, the, you know, and the, I said, but these, there are Roman accounts mm -hmm. of these soldiers doing this. I said, there is a, a Roman history somewhere. I don't know where it is, but I remember being taught this. I think either in church or at school, I don't know which one, but there are Roman accounts of Jesus dying on the cross. Right. There are historians. So it's not, those, yeah, those Romans would have never known about the Psalms. They didn't read that. They, that wasn't their, you know, they were, you know, worshiping the, the, the Roman, whatever gods, you know, so the fact that they did cast lots and they did, you know, do all these things and you know didn't break his bones because you know i said that was real so they couldn't have orchestrated that this was all god orchestrating right. it so right. but the fact that you know i said go look it up i'm like go find it go find it on your little phone that you're always instagramming <laughs> on you know so there is good the only thing about digital though is that it can be changed 
that's the only problem with digital. And Rich, my husband, says there's a reason why there, there's written word. There's a reason why you should you should never allow newspapers and magazines to go away because once it's written and print, printed, you can't change it. But on digital, you can change it. You can go into Wikipedia and change it, right? Well, yeah, but that's not. But there's there's records of the edits and the changes. There are. Yes. Sorry, I'm gonna cough. <coughs> I mean, Excuse there's me. A, sorry. There's a fine line of of things. Um, but everything at this point, uh, maybe not in the beginning of the digital age, but at this point, like every thing that you change dig digitally is recorded. All right, I didn't know that. So yeah. That just yeah, makes me nervous. <clears throat> and in a lot of cases, you have to turn it off. Like, so being a system admin, like there are certain things you can do to see where uh, files have been edited or moved or deleted. But you can set up markers like, oh, the moment that something's changed, it catches it and it it audits, it marks it down. So, you know, everything everything's recorded, so. Yeah. You know, I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think there's uh, a lot to be said for <clears throat> physically picking up a book and reading it. You sure. know, like there's something about <clears throat> looking up uh, facts at the Britannica Encyc Encyclopedia, which probably nobody knows about Britannica, <laughs> you know, or World Book. I remember having World Book. Uh -huh. You know, there was something about that to me was important. And, uh, so, you know, there's good and there's bad. You have to right. be able to balance it out. And, you know, being so wrapped up in your your digital world, in your phone or your iPad or whatever it is, uh, I think you you really have to, uh, you really have to train yourself, I think, to stop, you know, and, and focus on the people around you. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's... I, for me, I don't think I would have a problem going backwards. And, you know, you never know what's going to happen with this world. So, <laughs> you know, everything might just go back. You know, there's a lot of those movies like, oh, did you ever see uh, The Book of Eli with uh, yes. Denzel Washington? Washington? Yes. I love that movie. <laughs> I absolutely love that movie. I find it amazing. Yes. And uh, I that to me is like, you know, that's a apocalyptic it's all about you know after whatever happened you know and who knows what's going to happen we don't know what you know what god has in store for us but uh, he's in control we know that and so you know we have to rest on that that uh, exactly. he's in control so he may take it away from us we don't know could be could be uh, i wouldn't be very good living outside though that's not I'm allergic to everything outside. Yeah, you know, uh, yes, uh, that would not be a good thing to be. Yeah. I'm not a hunter. I'm not a fisher. Yeah. Can't do any of that. You know what, though? We are resilient. People are resilient. And uh, you will make do, whatever it is. I mean, you know, we're survivors, especially Americans. I mean, nothing to say anything about anybody else. If there's somebody listening in another country, don't get me wrong. I'm sure your country is beautiful and it's wonderful, but I've never experienced any other country. I only know mine. And, uh, you know, uh, I know Americans are pretty resilient. So um, just sitting there, 
what was I? Oh, I think I told you uh, that movie, that TV show, Turn, where it talks about the American Revolution. Yes. Oh yes. my gosh, I'll have to watch that again. What it, is that it, on? It, it's on AMC, AMC a- Plus. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but uh, it's just I, I found it to be very interesting to to see that, and those those people lived in some not so good times, man. Let me just sure. say, it was That's a lot of ugliness going on. So anyway. Well, we could talk for hours, everybody out there. You know, Jeremiah and I are just little chatty patties. So (laughs) do you want to um, do our shameless plug and let everybody know how they can communicate with us? They can communicate on Facebook. We are Take a Leap of Faith podcast. I got to get that out. Uh, You can email us, Lorraine, at leapoffaithpodcast.org or Jeremiah at leapoffaithpodcast.org. Uh, visit our website, leapoffaithpodcast.org, and let us know what's going on. There you go. Oh, you know what I found? Okay, real quick. Sorry. So with the technology out there, and I don't have my phone with me, but I took a picture of something I saw, and it said, sometimes our only way to travel is by taking a leap of faith. Did I send that to you? No. I thought that was the cool, I think it was on Facebook. I thought that was just such a cool little, I don't know who said it. I don't know where it came from. I didn't want to steal somebody else's, uh, like I didn't want to get into like a legal thing or anything, but I, sure, sure. I just thought that was really cool. Our only way to travel is by taking a leap of faith. And yeah. I thought, oh, that was just a little, you know, a little that. God thing for me. Yeah. So. I don't know where this goes out to. I don't know where. I don't know who's listening or what, but I know God's doing something with this. I don't know how. I don't know where, but it's it's you know it's out there, and I'm just thankful that we get to do this. So, Amen. All right, brother. Well, God bless everybody out there. God bless you, and uh, we will see. I'll see you next week. Right. Uh, but everybody else, I'll see you on Monday. So take care and God bless. All right. Have a great week.